We have, we have. So KCAL. Inland Empire. Yeah, 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 of course. But I, for some reason, I felt like uh, the format changed at KCAL or something. Apparently not, huh? Got a little bit more alternative. No, I, I thought it changed completely. Though, no, like, no, 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 no. You're thinking it's maybe the other, there was a X1039 that used to be out there, but they were more. What was their letters? KCXX. No, it wasn't that. It was, I, I know KCAL. KCAL. Okay. And what, where, where is it at exactly? Redlands. Oh, Redlands. Okay. You know where the big uh, pyramid is when you're driving down the 10 freeway? We go east on the 10 freeway out. And well, like my a, wife, we have a place in Big Bear. So we're, we're going to 210 all the time. Right? Okay. So, we're close to so where the golf, the mini golf course is, and they, they have the Pharaoh's Lost Kingdom, it's a water park. In you Redlands? Can, yeah, you can see it off the 10 freeway. California. Yeah, we don't go, when we go to Big Bear, we usually go up to 330. Oh, okay. So we go before there. We've like once or twice in our time of going to Big Bear, we've gone around the backside of the mountain. That's the way I like to go. It's cool. It's not as windy. Right. For That's sure. for my wife. But like, it's just for us, it's more for, straight on. Well, it's probably not further, but it appears to be further. Right. You know, because we're coming from LA. So. Right, right. So you're just 210 all the way out. We go 210, 330. But, uh, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been around. Yeah. So that's where it is. If you ever see, like, the amusement park, if you keep looking to the left side of the freeway as oh, you go okay. by, you can see it. You can see the call letters oh, okay. on the building and okay. everything cool. cool. And we're, it covers a whole in that part? Yeah. Does it get up to Big Bear? Yeah. Oh, it does? Yeah. I mean, it's probably choppy in certain yeah, yeah, parts, yeah. but there's, you can definitely listen to it. Pretty much once you get to like San Dimas, the whole way through. Okay, all right, cool. So we're, we're uh, tuning on. It's funny, I, uh, I said the other day, in pure Armored Saint fashion, you know, 10 year, 15, 20, nah, let's wait till the 27th anniversary of an album and then we'll go do it in its right. entirety. There's, there's no like, it's not, you know, usually you have the zeros or a five or a decade right. and we had the 27. You know, why did it happen? I, it was funny, I think it was uh, Tracy Vera Joey's wife's idea. We wanted to do um, a live DVD that's done proper. Like in our history, we did these, first we did the one that was called uh, Trip to Red Times, which was, um, it was all bootleg video and this is bootleg in the 80s so it was like people's it wasn't good iPhones these are bootlegs they're great videos and it was a great thing to put out and then we did something kind of parallel to it a DVD called Lessons Well Learned and that was similar a little different but again not professionally so we finally said you know what the one thing we've never really done is a proper you know several camera shoot audio's amazing high def concert of, of our show like one show well, probably end up being more than one show, but, um, and then, so that got the ball rolling, and then Tracy's like, well, why don't you do Symbol of Salvation in its entirety, and that'll be the DVD, and we're like, okay, great. So, good excuse, right? Great excuse. The only thing that ever appeared to be a little daunting was like playing and singing these songs that are 27 years old that are, you know, not easy to sing and um, challenging probably to play. And um, there are songs that we've never played in the history of the band, so we had to learn them. We had to rehearse. <laughs> uh, and also kind of a celebration of Dave Pritchard, too. It's always a good time to celebrate Dave. We don't need 27 years or two years or 30 years. We, we're, you know, I always say Dave is kind of always with us. I mean, I'm not the most religious guy in the world, but I, you know, I have a sense of spirituality. And, um, you know, I always feel like Dave's there. Like when, you know, when we're rehearsing or when we're playing a live show or something in the studio or one of the things that Dave, uh, Jeff and Phil play or even something that maybe Joey has written, it's like, whoa, that sounds like Dave. Whoa, that reminds me of Dave. And it's really cool. 
So, um, and if Dave was alive, you know, he'd be here. And the thing I always tout as a really cool aspect of Armored Sane is that it's the same guys. Yeah. It's the same guys minus Dave. And if Dave was here, it would be us. Right. Um, and it would be all the same guys. So um, I think that's kind of a really cool aspect of the band. You know, everybody has a personal investment in the music and the songs. It's not like Joey Vera and like Three Hired Guns or John Bush and, you know, a guy who is in this band or that <laughs> band. It's, it's the same dudes. Yeah. I was going to ask you too, uh, do you remember when you first met Dave? Yeah, I met Dave in high school. I transferred high schools. I grew up, all of us grew up, well, obviously, minus Jeff. Jeff grew up in Glendale, but close by. But um, we, we grew up in El Sereno, which is a little enclave of L.A. It's East L.A., but it's kind of near. Almost Alhambra. Oh, right adjacent Alhambra, adjacent to South Pasadena. And we all went to school there and grew up there. And then at one point, I was just, I, I, I was like, I, I got to see something else, you know. So I, I. It was my junior year and I transferred, I had an address I could use from an old neighbor in South Pass. And I go, I'm gonna go to South Pass. So me and a guy, me and a buddy did it, and then Gonzo followed, and then a bunch of other people followed as years went past from El Sereno, which is pretty funny. We kind of led an exodus. But um, but we met Dave. And I don't remember the exact day I met him, probably. I mean, I probably saw this dude with flaming long red hair and went, well, okay, that's probably somebody I should become friends with. Is what like I, like <laughs> right. And um you know, I was going to ask you, too, maybe you'd remember meeting Joey. Do you remember the first time you met well, him? Well, God, that's a good question, and I probably don't remember that either. Now, that's a, a little bit more legit because Joey and Gonzo and myself met in either the eighth or nine, uh, when we were eight or nine years old, third or fourth grade. I feel like Joey and Gonzo were in the third grade together, and then maybe we had the same fourth grade class together. Um, I don't really remember meeting him, but... I lived on one street, one block, and then two blocks over is where Joey lived. And Gonzo and Phil lived maybe five blocks the other direction. So we, we all lived very, very close to one another. And again, went to the same school. And you know. Did you guys bond over like El Tapioc burritos and stuff? Hollenbeck burrito? Um, well, that's funny. Uh, El Tapioc is a pretty famous place, actually. It's funny you, you bring that up. Um, and... Let's see, El Tapiac, and what was the other, you said? Uh, oh, the Hollenbeck Burrito. Oh, Hollenbeck. Okay, so the Hollenbeck is the big giant one, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the. I haven't had that one. My wife's from that neck of the woods. Oh, she's that's from East LA? Or yeah, like? Alhambra. Oh, she's from Alhambra. I went to Alhambra High and everything. Oh, that's weird. Okay, so that's right where, close to where we grew up. Yeah. In Alhambra High. Yeah. You went there too? No, I didn't go there. She did. She did. She did. Okay. That's funny. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because we lived really close to the border of Alhambra. Um, Joey lives maybe two streets over from the border of Alhambra. And I live maybe two more streets the other direction from it. So we spent a lot of time in Alhambra. Going to Rick's. Going to Rick's. <laughs> That's funny. Do you know this? Because this is part I've, I've of our... I've gotten the tour. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, that's that's a big part of Armored Saints history. You know, Rick's Hamburgers, um, the Alhambra Theater. Um, you know, I mean, people are like, who, what are you talking about? Who, who, where is this? You know, because we're on the radio here in Redlands. But um, it, it was a place that we all spent a lot of time together and grew up together. And the, the insane part about Armored Saint is that, I mean, we have known each other. I'm, I'll be 55 in a week. 
Joey's already 55. Gonzo will be 55. Actually, Phil's 57, and he probably looks younger than all of us. Jeff's a couple years younger than us. I think he's like 52. So we're all mid-50s. I met Joey, arguably, and Gonzo um, like 40 years ago, 45 years ago. I mean, yeah, okay, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and these, and you know, Pete Townshend and, and uh, you know, Roger Dolce, these guys know each other. But we grew up together yeah. for that long ago, and that's pretty astonishing stuff. That's, what, that's one thing that's really cool about you guys and I think comes through. And speaking about old times, and we talk about, you know, doing this tour on the 27th anniversary, just in armor and same fashion. But to hit one of those round numbers, you're going to come up on one next year would be the 35th of March of the same. Would you consider doing that album? Well, I don't know. Uh, it's funny because officially 35th was the EP because the EP was actually the first thing we ever really did to put out. So right. the three song EP and somebody just told us like a week ago that that was the anniversary of that. So that was actually, I mean, you know, March of the same was the first full length record right. and that was kind of the introduction Armored Sane on a much more grand scale because it was Chrysalis and, you know, full length record. I don't know. I mean, it could be, you know, <laughs> some of those songs like, ah, really? You got to play them? Ah, I won't say what. But um, but I kind of felt that way. Not not really about, Symbol is always special, but, you know, March of the Saint, playing most of those songs, it's like the, the one song I always joke about is Envy. It's like the song I probably like the least. And you'll never, it never fails where somebody will yell out, Envy! And I'm like, of course I did. You know, it's funny. <laughs> the one you don't want to hear. Right. Well, not to talk too much old stuff but let's talk new with any i mean when hands down was 15 we got the live album was 16 is it are the wheels turning for anything new wait we have written some songs um we're you know we don't want to wait too long before we put out a record but at the same token we thought when hands down was an amazing record and we're going to be hard pressed to surpass it you know armored saying kind of it's just the way it's kind of evolved the way our career has gone the way i see it is it's all about the quality not the quantity and i, I say that because i kind of have to say that but it's true like i'd rather have you know 25 years, 30 years when we're all dead and gone, when people look back and they go, that was a cool band and they made some really cool records and it's not like, well, they made 20 records and, you know, maybe five of them were pretty good right. and there was like 15 bombs. Like, I don't want people to feel that way about Armored Saint and, you know, again, I say that because we kind of have to do that because that's what our careers turned into. But it would be cool to get out a record less than five years. <laughs> you know, we went from Revelation in 2000 to Raza in 10. Now, granted, I was in Anthrax still during right. that time. Then when hands down, we cut it and it came out in five. I mean, I think it's very possible. Trending in the right direction. Yeah, I think it's possible we can get a record out next year. And the tunes so far sound killer. And we are going to get one new song out of you, not necessarily Armored Saint, but on the Metal Allegiance album. Right, and I played this venue, actually, with Metal yeah, Allegiance. Um, oh, you were here? That yeah, was cool. That was yeah, we played Room for One More, which yeah, I haven't played that in years. So. That, that made the kid in me happy. Like, yeah. Being the kid that bought that CD the day it came out and then hearing that, it was like... Yeah, it was awesome. And we're going to do... We're playing the Gramercy Theater in New York. I'm doing that show with them too. So I got to learn a couple songs and that's not too far away. So I better get on it. Yeah, that's, that's a great song, Bound by Silence. And it's cool. It's heavy. It's powerful. It sounds kind of old school, but it has like a new vibe to it. Do you know anyone else who played on it? Like whoever does it? Um, so I think it's well, Skolnick and, and Mangi. And actually, I don't know if Dave Ellison played on that particular track, Portnoy. It wasn't Ellison. I don't know who played the bass. Uh, well, Mangi, Mangi played the bass, but I think Skolnick did. Those guys are all amazing, man. And you did the UFO cover that night. 
night too, right? We here? did Lights Out, and that was with Chuck Billy, and that was real cool. And all those guys, you know, it was great to be around them because, you know, they're metal legends. And what do you think with the news coming around about UFO? Phil Mogg saying, this is it, you know? A, as a fan, and then B, for yourself, do you... I, I guess there's two ways to do it, either make the big announcement or just kind of fade off into the sunset well phil's i think he's 70 i love phil he's always been a huge influence on me as a singer one of my favorites i mean lights out obsession those are records that just are unbeatable for me it's amazing how many people still are doing it it's remarkable but if somebody thinks they're done then then be done you know it's not like he's got something to prove right the music will forever live on and i'd rather somebody to go out you know where they can still do it and not be like ease man you need to call it a day because it's terrible you know right. phil we saw him and they tore his sax in and yeah, um you know it was, i love you know i love ufo i mean it'd be cool shanger you know did it with him of course but that's that's what we're all kind of hoping for right just a little mini reunion somewhere you know no, nothing against Vinnie more he's great you know and we get pete way back out there too. i i heard pete's not doing too well but you know it'd be great they got paul raymond yeah i, I mean Andy parker paul chapman or two the, do the paul different errors wow there you go <laughs> you know you're ufo and last thing for you, I'd just have some fun, a little game I kind of came up with. We, of course, know the big four, right, of thrash metal. And I kind of came up with taking it a decade further, adding one to it and calling it the Flannel Five. The Flannel Five? Yeah. So who's so, going to be? No, I'm going to tell you my list, and you tell me your favorite of the five. Oh, okay. And these are kind of kind of in the same for the big four of thrash, right, like so the guys that own that time period. Right, but are they going to be able to do it now? No. Right, okay. This is just theoretical. A good fantasy. Yeah. Not necessarily a live performance, but just more to highlight that era and to hear your favorite of the era. Okay. Nirvana, sure. Pearl Jam, yeah. Stone Temple Pilots, okay. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. I mean, you know, it's funny because the 80s is where we kind of cut our teeth and started. And then the 90s came around and it changed everything. And for the better, those bands arguably are some of the best rock bands of all time. I mean, I really would say that. I would say Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, you know, Sir Pearl Jam for sure. Nirvana's career was just cut short. I mean, I love the Foo Fighters, you know, they're incredible and, and I'm super into them. So, I mean, those bands are, I don't just say they're some of the best bands of the 90s, so they're some of the best bands ever. I really would say that. Um, certainly, you know, Soundgarden. I think I was probably always a little bit more uh, favorable to Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, maybe because they're just a little bit more metally. Yeah. But I mean, I love all those bands and I respect them highly. I love Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam is amazing. And, um, you know, I, and I love Grohl, and he's incredible. And the Foo Fighters is probably the last great rock band, as far as far as the last great arena hard rock band. That's that's the weird thing to, to trip on is go. You know, if if Kurt hadn't done that, would we ever have gotten the Foo Fighters? And you know, I mean, I love you know, Wasting Light is an amazing record. I was just listening to the new record, and that song Run is spectacular. And you know, I love yeah, Grohl. Right. Yeah, it's it's great. You know, um, so. Yeah, it would be amazing. You know, it's a tragedy. Who would be your favorite off that list out of those five? Pick, pick the number one. I'd probably choose Soundgarden, but, um, you know, I might put Temple of the Dog as the best record of all of them. Ah. Yeah, so. Did and I didn't, see that I last? didn't, and I oh. missed it, and I'm really bummed. And a buddy of mine is a manager of a guy who opened a lot of those shows, a guy named Fantastic Negrito. He's a cool, bluesy, kind of R&B uh, 
well, more bluesy rock guy, but he opened a lot, I think all those shows. And um, I'm really bummed I missed that. Legend gone way too soon, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, God, we could sit here for hours and, and try to debate that. I mean, I, when you see this stuff with like Chris and his daughter, that just kills me. Cause you know, like I, if that wasn't enough to like keep him going, I don't know what to say, you know, honestly, but I don't know what was in the guy's mind. Do you have don't forget, I also love Faith No More and they weren't part of that scene, but they were one of the best bands for sure to come out of the 90s. Pick a uh, Soundgarden song. Well, they came out in the 80s, but, you know, yeah. they hit it in the 90s. Pick, pick your favorite Soundgarden song if you had to pick one. Wow. Or one of the hits, one of the, one of the ones. Oh, uh, actually, it might be something like Limo Rack or, you know, Super Unknown or Searching With My Good Eye Clothes, Mind Riot, Loud Love, you know, Hands All Over. Tons of great songs. It's just such a shame that guy gone way too soon, but. Well, John, appreciate the time. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios.